welcome to a new week. Welcome to a new episode. Welcome, Juicy. Uh, uh, thank you, thank you, Maxi Boy, and welcome to you as well. Uh, thank you very much. It's good to be here. And the second week in a row, we're on Twitch and we're live. And I forgot hey, hey, hey. to uh, put it out on Instagram. Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but today's topic is um, the new Apple ARM-based computers, um, which we had actually a good discussion about you and me. So yeah. uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be good to uh, to continue that discussion today, actually. Yeah, um, and I think we're on opposing sides, so this will definitely be a, yeah. a cool debate. I mean, I wouldn't say opposing sides, right? Not not like completely opposing sides in, in that way. Um, completely like in minus <laughs> 360 degrees. <laughs> uh, it's like uh, that way. <laughs> uh, no, but um, I, I said, so we were talking about um revolutionary ideas in in the technical technical industry and you said you mentioned the iphone because it kind of revolutionized the way we used we used phones and everything uh and i said well you know the new macbooks um are also revolutionizing the computer world in in their own way um and you thought well it's not as big of a deal as um it was with the iPhone, which you know I can I can agree to that, but the impact is uh, still enormous on 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 the industry, and also I think for game developers. I don't know what you think, but we can get into what this means for game developers as well, um, because um, there there are some impacts there, as I see them anyway. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. Um, and you didn't think it was that big. It wasn't iPhone no. big anyway. No, I really don't think it's that big. Uh, sure, I'm impressed by the performance and stuff, but uh, we'll get into that later on. Yeah, I'll I'll let you like ease our listeners to into this uh, topic with some positive feedback, with some positive <laughs> energy, and I'm just gonna wreck your walls, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start with the foundation of this house that Juice is gonna wreck. Uh, <laughs> I got my shovel ready. <laughs> um I, I i'll start with some but i'm i'm kind of a hardware i wouldn't say freak okay i'm a hardware freak uh, i love hardware freak. but you know all of us programmers <laughs> at some point become hardware freaks so um there's mm. <laughs> okay <laughs> some of us programmers at some point become. Uh, it depends <laughs> on what you what you define as a programmer i mean uh i'm guessing you you who don't like uh, or you disagree with people who do web development i would guess they uh they're not really into hardware right because they do different kinds of programming yeah they're they're so high up in the sky <laughs> that they don't they don't really <laughs> so yeah yeah I agree right. to disagree yeah. yeah you're right you're right um but you're gonna you know, get a lot of these throughout this episode so but that's good prepare. i mean it's it's good it's entertainment value right yeah it is <laughs> um so um um historically computers have been have been based on uh on what we call x86 architecture um i just want to go into into the um deep dive uh, a little bit on that and um these processors are, are called CISC processors complex instruction uh, set which have complex instru instruction sets which is one of the things that uh, um, actually makes them more power hung hungry compared to risk um, that's risk with a c um, processors which actually uh, are simple uh, instruction uh, um, cpus um, arms are on the risk side and uh, x86 cpus uh, like intel and amd are on this uh, on this uh, cisc side and um what happens is that you have the clock frequency of the of the processor um and it takes them x amount of clock cycles to um execute the same amount of instructions that a risk processor or an arm processor will execute in like one instruction set per clock cycle so that's why ARM processors are very power efficient. And actually, 
um, I watched this very interesting um, video on the history of ARM because they started out uh, in the 80s or maybe even earlier and they act there actually were uh, ARM computers um, before. Um, but what they noticed when they built this was uh, there was a guy that worked at ARM at the time and he was uh, coding or doing stuff on, on the processor and he noticed that the power wasn't plugged in when they <laughs> when they created yeah so when they created the first prototype um the power wasn't plugged in so it was running on residual power you know from the power supply and yeah. he was like wait a minute what 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 is this this is crazy how how can it how can it do this and then they discovered these low power um uh, properties of of arm processors and that led the, the ARM processors to be very, very highly adopted by the mobile phone industry where you're playing with completely different parameters uh, than, um, um, you know, what you have in a stationary computer or desktop or uh, on even the laptop, uh, laptop market, actually, because you have much bigger batteries and the constraints of power efficiency and, and things like that are far more... Um, complicated on the mobile because you you don't have a big big batteries but now we're introducing bigger screens and stuff like that so it's very widely used and um the thing is that um the arm instruction set is an open source thing um so it has been improved massively massively over the years um there were signs of this type of performance that apple showed us in their trailer or announcement or whatever um from the iPad because they they've been building their their own silicon since um, the the iPhone was launched basically um, and in single core performance we could see like well you know now these these processors are really kind of being compared to desktop processors in terms of raw power uh, but they can do it because they are risk processors at much lower wattage so the iPad was very very clear that okay so there is some performance gains um, that are are being done here optimizations and and so on and so forth so um you know this is this is very very uh, very interesting uh and they do it with a much lower power consumption there was a there was this graph showing the um the development of the arm platform or architecture versus the x86 plat um, platform or architecture um one one of the big things you know uh is that <clears throat> intel is at fault here actually the x86 could have been much more um performant or uh, much more efficient um be but intel kind of stopped it because uh what what has what happened was that they had this monopoly over cpus basically there were very, very few people buying AMD CPUs and they didn't do any development on the x86 platform whatsoever. So they just kind of halted, which is one of the things that is very, very bad with uh, monopolies that you can do whatever as a company as big as Intel, you can do whatever you want and you basically halt development because there is nothing in it for you. There's no competition there. Um, so it's going to be a bit more interesting to see what happens on the x86 architecture now that um intel and amd are finally you know amd has caught up they've gone past intel with their new designs um and the new silicon so it's going to be very very interesting to see what's what's going to happen in the in the future um because there are optimizations that can be done and will be done in the x86 world as well so yeah um that's a bit of background um so uh i don't know um juice if i i've been talking for quite some time now so you can <laughs> you can interrupt me whenever <laughs> you want to. yeah whenever i feel like there is something to add i will uh yeah. however yeah. you're pretty much covered everything okay um then uh I'll, that I'll was say... kind of interesting with the with the uh x i mean the arm processor thing in in the 80s uh, yeah that was really yeah. cool yeah, so they they've been a they've been around for a while. Um, because so the the 
at that time x86 wasn't even invented basically right <laughs> yeah i mean they were they were still using the integer uh operation things with like 16 uh, instructions or something like that yeah and they had these hamsters running around <laughs> powering everything <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fun uh, fact by the way. Uh, sorry, Mark. Fun fact for anyone who is watching this and listening to us. Um, whenever we developers do something, we debug stuff, right? We see when there's something wrong, when something has crashed. There is this thing called debugging, and whenever you feel, whenever you open a program and it crashes, you're you're usually saying, "Oh, it's buggy," right? Uh, yeah. And the word word buggy actually means real bug. It was <laughs> in the 70s, 80s, I don't know, 60s, when they had these huge uh, canisters that were basically powering up your, your computer. Uh, that generated a lot of heat, which attracted a lot of insects, a lot of bugs. So what they actually did was they, they went and physically debugged the computer and that brushed the insects <laughs> off. So that's where, they, where it comes from. <laughs> Yeah, well, they had because I I've seen pictures of them. You know, they had these computers that would take like we're talking uh, a whole basement full of rooms. So there was like yeah. adjacent rooms, right, where you where you, it was housing the same computer. But you you have to imagine like they couldn't build these small components. What are we at now? I mean, um, the um, Apple builds their their uh, arm on five nanometers, right? They yeah, they weren't able to yeah. build that back then. No no way. So uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's very very interesting um, that, uh, and I love that because I I know about it. <laughs> it's, it, <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, uh, not many people actually do wonder where does this term come from. But when you think about it, it's kind of strange, you know, seeing you have a bug in the system. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a real physical bug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so so yeah, to continue. Um, so. Uh, Apple took the step. They they weren't really happy about this whole Intel thing, and I think that they they weren't happy, and they they saw that they were kind of they were catching up on because they were developing de developing their own silicon parallel to uh, um, to the MacBook, which was running Intel, and they were seeing the performance gains uh, that that they were getting. Um, and they weren't really happy, I think, with Intel kind of stopping development on their on the x86 platform, not driving it anywhere. So um, and also, let's not forget, I mean, if you're selling a, a laptop, um, you want as much battery life as humanly possible. So I think that they they being Apple saw some huge, huge advantages by going to their own silicon. Um, there are some disadvantages for for the customer, I would say, uh, in terms of um, modularity, because they do bake everything into the same thing. So memory, uh, graphics card, and uh, CPUs are um, baked into the same uh, die or system on a chip. So um, yeah, you get you get that thing where you you have to buy the right computer. From the beginning so you because you can't add if you buy an eight gigabyte model which they do offer um which is the base model of the macbook air or something um you can't go around and upgrade that thing it's just not gonna work so um in that sense um it's uh it's a drag but there are there are advantages uh with them yeah, so but, i mean their their customer pool isn't really programmers or modders or hardware enthusiasts right it's more uh it it should work out of the box that's what their motto is basically that's what their mantra is so yeah and uh, it's um it's aimed at i mean the, you know designers a lot of designers use apple products yeah. and uh graphical designers programmers as well because if you're developing for the apple platform you need an apple device um and uh, not so i don't know you know in the model modeling market if there are a lot of modeling uh um, I mean, there are like, some people who use it for for modeling and three D yeah. content. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of there are some people who do ZBrush uh, in in uh, Mac. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But that's basically what I uh, those people who have encountered are basically doing uh, most of the time on Windows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, exactly. So that's that's one one thing where you like you said they're they're usually targeted as 
working out of the box. Uh, you don't have to hassle with anything. You just open your device and it works. Um, and now they've 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 taken all of these, um, I would say, advantages from the mobile um, to the uh, PC or Mac. Uh, because they don't like being called PC, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, but you have this, you know, uh, the 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 computer is in standby, and you can have. I don't really know, but I think there was a guy on YouTube that had it on standby for like seven days or something. And then you open up the lid, and it's instant on. So that's one thing. And then you you have the single core performance. I mean, they went with. Um, uh, the classical uh, mobile chip, I would say, where you have uh, four high-efficient uh, cores or power-efficient cores and four high-power cores. Uh, this is very common now on, on the system, on, on chips, on, on mobiles. Um, and you... Oh, actually, I have... Uh, uh, I have a picture picture of it and we can we can switch that. I'm, I'm hoping I'm switching to the right scene here. Yeah, so... This is uh this is what it looks like, and um, this is the the actual eight core count, and you see these bigger cores up here are higher higher powered cores, and and these cores right here are low low power cores. So if you're you're running uh, in in low power mode um, uh, and so on, and then they have their GPU. I think it's here, uh, or if it's here, I can't remember from from this image exactly, but. Um, and then they have some security stuff and hardware acceleration stuff and and all that. It was just a, a nice nice image to uh, to to show just to see how how it looks like. Um, and they're claiming up to three point five percent faster CPU performance, which is I mean after tests, yeah, they're they're kind of kind of there. Uh, if you look compared at it, to what? Uh, that's compared to their own. Um, their own uh, Intel-based MacBook Airs and MacBooks. Um, were like a generation before, right? Or was yeah, it exactly. Two? I think they, they launched the current generation as well with uh, the new Intel 10 series uh, CPUs. So it's compared yeah, okay. to, to, those, to those guys. Um, but they do it on... This is like... I, I can't remember the wattage, but this is 5 watts or something. So it's really, really low. And the the actual I, I know MacBook Air they they have it passively cooled so they get that advantage as well that the, the computer doesn't make any noise, um, and um, it claims something like twenty hours battery life, which is pretty amazing. I mean, uh, and and that was for I think web surfing or something. They they do have these different applications. Apple like to. Um, uh, have oh listening to music or doing this yeah, or so doing standards, that yeah when depending on their uh, their customer base they know that they they usually do this right yeah uh, be, because like we said in the previous episode everyone basically takes a lot of measurements from your usage and then they do some kind of manipulation on the data to realize how you're how you're using the product right uh, yeah you do games you do this in mobiles you do this in everything uh which is kind of funny because people rage when facebook takes your data and does something with it <laughs> but they don't realize that any everyone does this right yeah even even uh, apple yeah 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 they do that uh, they yeah, uh, so they do kind of take pride in in the fact that they ask for your consent at every step of the way which they actually do um i i have to give them that um, if you don't want to share any information, but however, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, you never know, right? You can never yeah, know exactly. for sure. You can never know. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, I was watching a video um, with uh, Edward Snowden was uh, on uh, the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, and he was explaining yeah. this, which is, I mean, for us developers, it's kind of obvious. Um, but you have these phones, and their screens are turned off, but the phone is not actually off, right? Because you get notifications from Facebook, you get notifications from Discord, you get emails, you get all of that. So the phone is constantly doing stuff in the background without you knowing. So yeah, Apple might ask you, oh, do you give us consent to use this specific type of data? And you say no, and they don't use it probably then uh, because you said no. But then there's a lot more other types of data that they they might uh they might use so you know yeah because you consented to something else previously right exactly uh, so yeah. whenever you start the phone 
uh, you consent that we use your name or age or whatever. And in order to use it, you have to say okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so already there, they have data on you. Uh, yeah exactly anyway. and, and you know they can they can ask you stuff like well we want to use this specific type of data do you give us permission it's like and yeah. you say no but all the other data they they can use because they never asked in the first place so exactly. i mean it's, it's and i think and i think that's the way that's why they know that okay whenever we do these tests this is our typical customer and by using our new product you get a 30 percent increase in efficiency because da -da -da -da, yeah. we know yeah but we don't say it but we do know yeah um ex <laughs> yeah, exactly i mean it's it's what they tell you and what they don't tell you so yeah. there's there there are a bunch of things but as as i said i mean you know the, your mobile phone is constantly doing stuff and um you 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 can rest assured that even if they don't share your actual you know data of who you are they do share behavioral data of what you're doing at this time of the day. Where do you often go? What apps do you use? Stuff like that, you know. So um, they're, they're, they don't have to know you as a person to get a good idea of, you know, where where and what type of data and, and, uh, uh, and what you're doing. So, you know. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> um, if we move back to this, um, so they're getting a lot of, a lot of um um what do you say um pros attention from, yeah, okay. um, yeah they're getting a lot of pros from the from the mobile market and also their single core performance is just off the freaking hook i mean the the highest x86 was the new amd or the highest in the world actually was the new amd i think it was the 5600x uh, yeah, because it can clock yeah, you can clock the highest uh, because it, it does have only eight cores and stuff. Um, or only, but... Uh, <laughs> um, and that was like... A, there was a Geekbench where they, they scored like 1700 something. And then this M1 chip scored also... So I think it was either slightly under it or slightly over it. So it was something like, you know, 715 and the, the, the Ryzen chip was... 720 let's say or something like that they were very very yeah. close um the only difference is that this guy does it on 5 watt to 10 watts of power and the ryzen does it on 105 i think it's a 105 <laughs> tdp chip so you know the difference there is enormous of course when you're talking multi-threaded tasks just because this has this architecture of five only four powerful cores and four low-powered cores, it's not gonna match. But yeah. you know, if they, the the Apple iMac will come, the Mac Pro will come. So when they don't have the these restraints uh, that they do have on battery-driven devices, they're gonna uh, open up um, the dam of performance. So that that's gonna be very very. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, that's what ahead. I'm looking for because. So far, everything you, that you've said is really imp important in terms of battery life, right? But then you need to look at it through the lens of the actual, the, the guys who are going to use it, right? So yeah. you have the, the regular customers, which are which is a basic, basically anyone. Uh, you have the programmers, you have the gamers, you have the, the ones who want to use it for, uh, I don't know, Excel and those kinds of uh, like spreadsheets. Uh, based works and if you look at those kinds of um, lenses through those lenses the 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 difference doesn't get that impressive to me because yeah sure if you want to use it as a home uh, as, take the air, the 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 macbook air and then you do it uh, you just use it for uh, everyday life uh sure you can surf the web quicker right you can yeah. uh I mean, having a having a like ten tens or thirty uh, Chrome tabs up doesn't really make it more. It doesn't make it more cool for you to use it, right? I do like that you that it is passively uh, cooled, cooled. Yeah. because yeah, because you don't have to listen to the sounds of throttling and those kinds of th uh, problems, uh, and also the battery life is really cool don't have to charge it every night but other than that it's really not that impressive because of 
from the standpoint of surfing and listening to music, you can do it on your phone, right? And you don't have to have that real cool uh, performance. Yeah. Now yeah. take the take the uh, uh, another use case for instance. Those who work with the MacBooks, uh, regular guys, spreadsheets, uh, not the gamer type, not the modeler uh, the modeler type who really need performance, but the ones who use it for like everyday tasks. Um, if you if you look at it from the hardware perspective and not really the software, because Mac uh, the the Mac software is really impressive both in secure in terms of security and stuff, but through the lens of hardware, and when you do it when you use it through for everyday work you're usually plugged in right yeah. so you don't need that you don't need that battery life once again that's if you're if you're going through from if you're traveling a lot that might actually be a cool thing to have but for the most part you're not using it to its fullest uh, potential yeah yeah in terms of performance uh, i don't know there are a lot of people working with a lot of data so that's definitely a plus for them yeah well you know the, yeah there there is um for production they've they've actually compared um i think uh i think it was uh what was it i can't remember which software it was but it was some kind of image processing uh program i don't know if it was photoshop because photoshop hasn't been released for uh, or optimized for them one yet yeah. uh or for arm uh for that matter um but uh there was uh, it was like either a video editing software or an image processing software where they compared it with windows versions of like desktop computers you know and they were zooming yeah. in and out in in this image on on the macbook and it was like you know super snappy and fluid and it was hacking like hell on windows it was <laughs> so so that was very impressive uh, as well um from from um from what i've seen at least so and yeah. that is that is because of uh, the same software being released on both windows and mac or was it just a uh, what was the premise for that i think i think that it, it was it's you know it's a combination of both the chip being very very fast graphics wise as well actually yeah um they were running you know shadow of the tomb raider or rise of the tomb raider i don't know which is the latest tomb raider anyway uh yeah and i think it was running something like a con at least a constant 30 to 40 fps and yeah. then they were running league of legends that that was a 60 fps title right off the bat um and there were there were there are some uh, some some you know pc games that yeah, I've, seen, are... I've seen them play fortnite for instance and i wasn't really that impressed by that as well uh and i've seen the the a uh, couple of comparison between the M1 chip, which is basically, like you said, it's both CPU, GPU, and stuff smacked into one unit. Um, and they compared it to, like, NVIDIA graphics cards. Uh, yeah. And it was basically corresponding to a 1050 Ti yeah. in, in, in terms of uh, performance. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that's pretty good. Uh, I mean, yeah. If you if you if you think about it, then that you don't need an ex external GPU for it, uh, you can get pretty far with it. Yeah. Uh, but there were there were some games that I really was like, what? Why does it lag here? Uh, yeah. It's because they're. I mean, the the I'm guessing drivers uh, work uh, with the Nvidia car. I mean, the games work with through drivers through to like, well uh, change stuff on the GPU. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know these um, these games haven't been optimized for ARM either. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was uh, um, getting at. Yeah, because because Apple has created this uh, Rosetta layer, which is between um, between the actual application and the processor to make apps that aren't fully ported yet work on on M1 devices as well. And that was pretty impressive actually, because most ARM emulators suck. I mean, they're really really slow um but you know since they they build the thing from the from the ground up and they have control over the process they could actually bake it somehow inside the actual chip so there's there's a translation going on there between instruction sets on the fly in the chip which makes it yeah. very very fast i mean uh, i think they they compared it um i can't remember but there were some programs where they could actually uh, compare and 
of course optimized they weren't they weren't that much slower with this translation from their I think it was something in terms of like 80%, right? Um yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say 20, but you're thinking the other way. So yeah, yeah we're, the other way we're both yeah. <laughs> so so it was you gain 20% performance when you when you actually optimize it to to the yeah. but they were still faster than their Intel com- counterparts. So I mean MacBook Intel counterparts. We're not yeah. comparing to desktops, but um um so so it's still pretty good but yeah i mean if you think about it in games where it would have lagged maybe it doesn't lag and if you and if you have you know if you have 45 fps or or 40 fps and you and you get 10 fps more that's pretty significant still that is, so yeah that's yeah. just uh and also if you compare to previous mac generations mac is known for being game uh, gaming uh platforms right yeah uh, it's not I mean, it, it, there are a lot of reddits and subreddits uh, and memes on it. Yeah, that's uh, when it comes very to true. when it comes to like working through the lens of game development or video development. I mean, I know a lot of people working through the Unreal Engine making movies nowadays. I know the the series The Mandalorian is made through it, uh, and I know oh. that uh, there's a series I can't really remember the name. Uh, Big five. What was it? Big Hero Five. I think it was a. Uh, yeah, that's a I, Disney I don't know. movie. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they they have these series, which is made in Unity. So there are a lot of, uh, progress made by the game engines, going through and like cutting through new ways, new pathways in in the movie industry. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, and I'm thinking in terms of using. Mac for those applications, like using a uh, a game engine for it. Um, previously, you've had these render farms, right? So you've had uh, a lot of material around the the scenes that you want to go for, and then you have these render farms who take all your scene data and apply light effects and visual effects and all of those things smacked into the scene. So one one frame could take like an hour maybe even more yeah uh to just just to render it and then you have uh yeah that that's one thirtieth of a second basically mm-hmm. or one twenty fifth of a second and then you do that for a whole movie so you, you start to realize that hey this is there's a lot of things go uh, there's a lot of processing power need intensive uh intensive need there for processing power yeah yeah uh, and in those terms, in the in that in that regard, I would be really interested to see what what a server farm would look like using the uh, M1 chips, because one of the problems with server farms is they use a lot of uh, power, right? Yeah. And you need to have them on for quite a while, and that really that makes your bill just skyrocket. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that would be really interesting to see the the apple versions with the m1 chip uh using uh using them in server farms that would be really interesting to see in in terms of how many computers need to in order to get these uh, same and i mean if you use game engines nowadays you don't need to have a server farm to render real-time ray tracing and stuff because yeah sure the quality is way worse than if you would have uh, spent uh, a lot of time on uh, real bounces and stuff. Yeah. Uh, real time ray tracing is basically just an appro- approximation, right? And then yeah. you have this uh, AI cores on the GPU, which uh, stitch together a lot of uh, information to get the final look at ray traced image. Yeah. And that is something that I, that I would really like to see in the m2 chip <laughs> in the in the second version uh like a real real ray traced chip yeah yeah i mean it's because, coming so it's it's uh yeah. it's gonna be very very interesting to see because uh, i'm i'm also looking at this is a very promising start let's say it's yeah it's it is extremely extremely promising yeah. and it will probably lead to uh 
more and more manufacturers looking at using ARM as a full-fledged chip and designing their own silicon because Apple has showed that it's working, it's power efficient, and to be honest, it, it does have the the highest single core performance in the world to be. So, I mean, that, that's saying something. And like you said, on much lower power. For, so you, you do... Just as a quick uh, side note there. Yeah. For anyone who isn't else who's listening here, uh, who doesn't know what single core performance means, what is it in terms in comparison to multi-threaded or multi-core? Well, it's it's basically yeah. CPUs have these cores that that are doing the actual work, that are doing the actual computation, and uh, you have. Um, a multi-core processor where that can do a bunch of parallel stuff so when you're rendering you can render much more much faster because you're rendering in parallel for example and each of these cores runs at a certain clock frequency um, now the more cores you have uh, the less um, usually it's like that they're they're optimizing it now a lot um, so but um, it still applies that um, Clock frequency develops heat, wattage uh, use as well, or power usage as well. Um, so the more cores you have, um, the lower clock frequencies you'll have as well, because these cores are sitting next to each other, performing all these tasks. Um, and um, it's kind of like um, um, they're heating up each other. So you de you'll develop more heat, you're consuming more power, so you, you kind of have to do something and reducing clock frequency reduces uh, um, wattage. So when, when we're talking about the single core, it's, it's in these multi-threaded processors, just let one core run. It's going to show you what kind of performance that core gives you. Because if you're comparing multi-cores, um, different CPUs have different uh, properties, right? So you have... Uh, like I said, this guy has eight eight cores. So there are eight computing units inside the actual uh, chip. But four of them are high efficiency ones, which consume less power, thus will not clock as high, which will be used for like surfing or stuff like that. And four of them are high high capacity or high performance cores, which will um clock much faster and will be able to perform heavy tasks much faster as well and they're doing some smart switching between those of course but um, um it's interesting to compare the single core performance just because the amount of cores does matter of course because when you're doing stuff like video rendering which actually uses more more cores nowadays or any other core uh, ren rendering in in general uh, 3D rendering, which uses all the available cores and has for a very long time. It's not going to be, I would say, it's not a fair comparison because it, it doesn't show the true potential of the chip. Because you, you could say um, it's fair and unfair. Let's put it this way. Um, depends on context. Yeah, exactly. And it depends on, you know, Apple can say, well, you know, yeah, sure. If we're, we're being compared to the to other... Uh, Ryzen chips that have 16 cores, for example, right? So they they do have they have 16 cores, and we only have eight, and four of them are low low power cores. So we actually just have four. <laughs> let's say let's say we have but six. That's <laughs> that is kind of bullshit, in my opinion. <laughs> no, no, but I uh, mean it's it's because it's because they put four low performance cores there uh, that they they can't say. We, we we put this because we don't want people to compare us, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, well, did, they put it for a reason there, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. What, what I was getting at is would, that it's a fair comparison and unfair comparison at the same time because you can use that argument, but at the same time, you know, AMD can say, well, we put high 16 high-performance cores in our, our thing, and Apple can't really say, oh, if we put 16, it will match you because you don't know. Right, maybe Apple yeah, is doing some really smart, yeah. or sorry, AMD is doing some really smart stuff there, and you can never know. So um, it's it's both unfair and fair. But the single core performance is all always an equivalent. So the single core performance it will tell you what the chip will can be 
um, uh, capable of. But you never know in multi-threaded performance, just because it's up to the chip designer to uh, to make this this whole thing work in multi-threaded performance. So it's it's not a real fair comparison there. You can't say, well, you know, if they put 16 cores in this M1 today, they will match an AMD Ryzen 5600 or you know 5800 or something like that. It's uh, yeah, you, it, it you depends on know. a lot of per parameters. I mean, exactly. The programmer maybe maybe you have like 16 cores right but the programmer just uses one thread one core one yeah uh, for the application so yeah. it doesn't really matter in the end exactly it on, yeah and uh, uh, you it know depends on context it could be it could be also um um a thing where yeah you're doing very well in single core performance and then you run multi-threaded tasks let's say let's you know let's say that they they would have eight high power cpu cores in in this thing in the M1, uh, and uh, it, there's so many things, but um, if they would do a comparison, maybe AMD, because they do have this experience of heat dissipation, let's take that for as a thing. So they know when their, their CPUs are running at full load on all cores, they know the most efficient way of um, extracting heat from the, from the CPU. Um, and Apple, since they, let's say they don't know, because they've never done it before, they put eight, uh, eight cores in this as well, but they don't have as good uh, heat dissipation. And what happens if the, the chip overheats, then it will just uh, go down in clock speed. So then the AMD would win. So it's, it's things like that, that, you know, you can say I ha we have matching single core performance, but in multi-core AMD wins because they have a much... Uh, much more optimized CPU for that. They have the experience and all that. So, you know, um, but um, yeah, these are very low powered. So um, that's, yeah, that's an advantage. I want to add to something. Uh, we, we were touching on, on the graphics cards previously. Yeah. Uh, and through the lens of a programmer, whenever you whenever you program something, uh, you need to instruct like this is supposed to be run on the right? And yeah. whenever you whenever you have these these instruction sets going from back and forth between the CPU and GPU, you lose a lot of performance because of uh, the, the bus speed, right? You need yeah. to you need to copy data onto the chip, yeah. run it, and then you copy it back. Now, of course, having a good GPU and a well-designed algorithm really helps with performance there, but there's still this overhead thing, uh, which depending on if you have an external GPU or a GPU like in the the Apple M1 chip, uh, the distance there actually matters, right? Yeah, the, yeah. Going from the CPU through uh, something into the GPU, uh, that's the same thing with the, when you program on the, on the CPU, you have these different kinds of caches, right? You have the L, L1 caches, L2 caches, L3 caches, yeah. where you put variables and stuff. And depending on the uh, the amount of memory that you use, uh, gets stored in different caches. Yeah. And the the closer to the instruction uh, core you have, the the more performance you get. And that's why I think that this is this chip here uh, having both the GPU and the CPU in in play in one place. Uh, there is a potential there to make use of the data transfer. Back yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's a bit like um, AMD is doing right now with their. If you buy a, a new Series Five uh, or Ryzen Three or whatever they they're calling it uh, CPU, and if you buy an AMD GPU, there is kind of a direct path between them now, um, and the GPU yeah, okay. will will give the CPU access to more direct memory. Uh, so if you buy a full AMD system, I think there were some gains to be made there, to be honest. I think they're calling it rage mode or something like that. I can't remember something very silly anyway. Um, but, uh, there were, I mean, in, in game performance, there were some, you could see just because transfer speeds matter. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the CPU prepares the frames for the GPU and has to put it in the GPU memory. So if that part goes fast, then, you know, the only bottleneck you get more or less is the gpu um so um yeah but they're they're doing things like that as well they're thinking but as you said i mean it's on the same this is very very close physically um yeah. so there, there's an advantage and one thing i you, wanted you to said, yeah go ahead i just want to i just want to go uh, go ahead and throw out the real bad dad joke here 
if if this is called what was it rage mode uh before for amd yeah 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 so when your computer quits on you is it rage quitting Ah, <laughs> 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 that, 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 that <laughs> one was a good one i liked it <laughs> 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 we should coin that phrase really fast before yeah, right? and, and copyright it. Computers. Yeah. Put a meme up on Reddit, uh, become the most popular meme on, on in internet's history. <laughs> yeah. Um what I want to talk about as well is the game developer, because we're talking about game developers on our podcast. And um um Apple hasn't been the platform you think about when you're thinking about game development <laughs> it's like you said there are even jokes about it and and things so yeah. uh, because they've had i mean you couldn't with the intel built-in gpu stuff uh i don't know how good they are on on mobile right now but i, I have a, ios is really big um there are a lot of people no no, no but i mean uh, like uh, you know they the intel has this this built-in gpu the the oh, on, yeah, yeah. on the mobile a, processor the yeah the a, okay apu yeah yeah they you're call right. it apu yeah yeah you're right um and i'm thinking i don't know how good those things are today but i know in the past i mean you couldn't game you couldn't league of legends is a pretty lightweight game right it's designed to run on potatoes and stuff but <laughs> <laughs> but you couldn't you still it. couldn't <laughs> run it I know I have I have a mine my computer is an an Intel I think it's an i5 uh 6000 series or 7000 series on on my laptop and I tried League of Legends once and it's like 15 F- FPS maximum Did you use it uh, through a cord or not Oh uh, yeah 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 with with was with a cord and everything with so power cord. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah yeah because the computers they go into this really weird uh, power saving mode low- yeah exactly yeah, yeah. which is no. really annoying especially for nvidia graphics cards uh, i mean here when you want to go play a game stop using the low <laughs> the low efficiency uh thing because it it, it just yeah. caps at 15 fps right it's really weird 30 is it 30 no yeah. no i'm really sure that my yeah, but, <laughs> mind but, doesn't go <laughs> you know once you experience 60 fps uh, gaming there's no going back i mean <laughs> yeah, at yeah. least not immediately <laughs> so oh, yeah you need to have you need to have like a vacation on, on a beach for like yeah. three months and they go back and it's like this game's okay right yeah it's running yeah, at 30 yeah, exactly. fps yeah this game's okay it's no because problem. you compare it with uh, with like shells where you play right yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can't you can't this just is actually imme- faster than my shells oh my god <laughs> yeah, you can't just oh, immediately make this? the transition it's just not gonna work it's gonna yeah um but what i want to say is what this opens up for apple is while you know os 10 hasn't been the biggest gaming platform i think even linux is bigger now as a gaming platform to be honest um but they they have this opportunity of running ios apps on their macbooks now and ios is a pretty big gaming platform um so this this is gonna be pretty interesting I think that, you know, a lot of game developers that are developing for iOS already might look uh, into developing for the M1 Max. Um, And because they have more power uh, and are more efficient and all that, they might look at actually expanding their existing iOS games into, let's say, more, uh, if if not logic-wise, if you have a fun game, it's a fun game. but uh, more uh, graphical fidelity um, to uh, to take advantage of the the M1 chip without actually having to to do um, a lot more to be honest because they've already developed the game for the Apple devices it's already there um, so I'm thinking stuff like I know that Call of Duty there's a mobile version and there's a mobile version for Apple devices as well so I'm thinking of games even games like that they might make a transition to where they get even higher graphical fidelity, even more feature like the desktop like, and that may you know take a transition of of using iOS that is already a gaming platform to make a transition of also OS ten becoming a gaming platform. Um, yeah, but I think that 
the terms of how many people play on the Mac versus the PC and stuff, and the developers always look to what what pl- what place gives you the most bang for the buck, right? Yeah. Whenever you go for a platform, you just look at the the potential outcome. If I sell on the, on this for the Switch, for instance, do I get my money back in half a year or do I get it after three years? Uh, or if it if it's a success on the mobile phone, uh, is it because I used it on Android and iOS or is it just because I use it for the Android because there are a lot of devices using Android, for instance? Yeah. And thinking in terms of putting it on the Apple, uh, I mean, the, the Mac version, that's like a small slice of the pie, right? Uh, at least now. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, uh, if this if this really gets uh, the ball rolling, then maybe in like a year or two or ten, you see people play more on the Mac in comparison to the PC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say uh, that it's gonna happen in the near future. It just gives them, you know, a nice transition interface. So basically, they can use iOS devices as an as an interface for a transition of attracting game developers that already have developed for for iOS yes, over to exactly. to the computer as well. And I'm hoping that the game engines do their part as well because. If Unity and Unreal, well, Unreal is a separate story, but say Unity, <laughs> uh, they have this uh, simple just click one button and then you have it on the the Mac as well, then you all of a sudden you have a lot of traction going going through yeah that process, right? Yeah. But if it's like you have to first install it on a Mac and then you have to do stuff on the Mac and then you need to. Uh, code some stuff manually say because the screen size is different because if you have c version versus the ios version uh, then you need to do a lot of stuff manually and that in turn hurts the platform and that's why i think it's really important for the game engine uh, a part of a community to do their part yeah of course i uh, i totally agree with that because it needs to be easy to go over Yep. Or just to to put to put your game out to to the various platforms without having to you know disrupt your workflow or uh, that thing becoming a big part of your workflow just because it's very complicated. As soon as things get complicated, it's just not gonna it's not gonna fly. I mean, people are not gonna do it, um, and it's gonna be interesting. I think what what I look forward to the most is both uh, the desktop versions of this. I know the Mac Mini um came out and it runs an m1 as well and it's in the same configuration that i showed there's there's actually no difference between these guys i don't know if there's a clock frequency difference i know that the macbook pro uses a small fan uh which is basically inaudible uh from tests that i've seen so does the mac mini and also they they become much cheaper i think um the mac mini was something like 300 dollars cheaper or something which is actually, I mean, it's a significant price cut because I think the Mac Mini up was up in the $800, $900 range and now I think it's $600 or something. There was a pretty significant price cut, which is nice. And also on the MacBook Pro, I, th- I think that, that it was a price cut uh, as well. Um, and given... And that, what- makes, that makes sense because they, they control everything now, right? Yeah. Previously, if they used Intel, they had to buy the chips from Intel and yeah. incorporate it into stuff, and then make sure that everything works as expected. Which, in turn, like had these long development cycles. Yeah. Where first, you, you first need to specify what you want, uh, make sure that Intel says okay, and then you add it, you test it, make sure that everything runs okay. And then you try to hack it, and then you test it again, and <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. that. By the way, just as a fun fact, um, some people are really, really weird uh, in one way, but also really smart. <laughs> um, a couple of years ago, they they cracked, I think it was uh, AES two fifty six encryption or something, not through uh, software, 
but by hardware and especially listening to how the processor works when it tries to decrypt the traffic okay so if you so if you had this uh there is this connection between one computer and one uh, another one uh, they, of course it was just in the lab but still they had this huge uh, ball uh or parabola uh parabola is what you say uh which was aimed to a computer towards a computer and it just listened to how it was processing stuff uh-huh especially the 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 encryption between the two and so it, it decrypted traffic right and through that sound they could then reverse engineer the the actual key and uh, they hacked it which is weird people yeah. have too much time <laughs> 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 who thinks about this stuff yeah 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 if you have two kids you never think of those things not not two small kids i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> Is the only thing I want to decrypt is what the what, what are you saying to me, boy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can I can I point uh, an antenna at you and try to get like what 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 you saying and and see it translated on my TV so I can finally understand what they want? It's like Google, or, please translate this. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, oh man. But no no that that was actually very interesting. I um that was a, was a smart thing. Damn, yeah, that was really smart, actually. Um, but yeah, it's really weird because uh, yeah, it depends uh, de depending on the um, intensity of uh, the encryption process or decryption process, uh, they could make out certain parts, then they reused it, and yeah. <laughs> yeah there was another one who did something cool. really weird with the uh, with the uh, Intel processors. He reverse engineered the instruction sets of a of an Intel processor okay i can't remember when it was uh but he did a lot of crashing of the processor <laughs> mm -hmm. so the processor really didn't feel that well later on <laughs> uh, but he was really throwing out a lot of zeros and ones and places and re he did a lot of math stuff yeah yeah i can't really re uh, go into details because i don't know myself it was really interesting to see and hear how you can reverse engineer an instruction set where there is this proprietary instruction set yeah yeah background right yep there's no it's people, not like arm no it's um, yeah it's different there and especially in uh, if you think in terms of uh, well most of the people hack stuff in software but if you can hack the processor then you have access to everything right yeah yeah because exactly the process does exactly uh telling it to and if you have like you said previously um if you consent to stuff but you don't know if data is sent anyway this is one way to ensure that people listen to your all the traffic all the things you do on the computer yeah yeah that's their... true yeah yeah i mean if you if you hack the cpu it's 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 the brain of the computer right so um, it's game over yeah basically you can you can listen to anything you can make the cpu send data sideways to a private channel for for just you or you can make it do whatever you want to um so yeah very that's uh that's very risky very dangerous um if uh, we ever end up end up in that situation but uh on uh on the arm front i'm 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 very excited about this for me it was a revolutionary step uh, I think that I, I know that you and I have talked about you know Apple not doing any any more innovation since since the basically iPad um, and I could agree with that actually because it's it felt kind of like the same iterative process you know a new Apple Apple iPhone comes out a new MacBook comes out yeah they they make small changes you know but it's not something that oh wow this has changed the market or anything like that this however yeah, feels uh like the like the bar <laughs> yeah the exactly like, yeah like the touch bar it's like well you know and then they're they're trying to show uh, various use cases for it and oh this is how the pros can use it i'm like no <laughs> they're not gonna <laughs> use it like that uh it's a it's a fun gimmick but it's it's nothing more at least to me it doesn't I, I, work yeah, maybe well, they fix it now, but uh, in the, in the first couple of iterations, it didn't really work either. 
I, I have no experience with that touch bar, so I won't say too much. But <laughs> it, I, it, it was laggy, and yeah, yeah. For me, for me, it didn't feel like something that I would use as a as you know as a professional. Let's say I wouldn't I wouldn't use that. But um, it feels that uh, what I'm waiting for is the like you said the M2 generation. M1 shows a lot of promise, or M1X. They they Apple has gone with this. You know, it, it's it's always been m um some number and then m1 x or m some number x and then m2 and so so on and uh, so forth um it might be that the m1 x's will come to something like the imac and mac pros and stuff like that um that's also usually been a case for apple so very but i'm looking forward to this i think this can be um very exciting for the computer industry also um driving the competition to the x86 platform because I'm, I'm looking for more optimization there 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 is things that there are things that they can do to optimize uh, that platform that they're they they have been lagging behind so i don't think they'll ever get because of the uh, architecture of the platform they're, they're never gonna get to arm status like ever um, and maybe arm will take over the world uh, and what I'm also looking forward to is actually, you know, the Nintendo Switch is, is running ARM processors from NVIDIA and NVIDIA bought ARM. So I'm thinking like, if you can see this type of development on, on five watts um, and it becoming a real thing even for gaming, then think of a Nintendo Switch with a thing like this, more optimized yeah. and more graphical power. You know, it's going to be amazing, actually. It could be really amazing for the handheld console market. And then we're talking like real advantages. So um, I think it's a good good thing. And and the first innovation that they've actually done in, I would say since the iPad, whenever that came out, 2009, maybe, or 2008. I can't remember. But uh, no, I couldn't have been that early. But let's say 2010, maybe, something like that. Um, so it's it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, but we are in disagreement as to what innovation is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I know we are. And this is why it was a good episode to talk about this. I wanted to talk about yeah. this. Um, and I'm not really... For those who really hate me right now, sorry for you. Um, <laughs> that's who I am. <laughs> Mac isn't really... <laughs> I know I'm I'm looking from the uh, the user's perspective right that's what back in apple has been all about from pre uh, from previous generations at least yeah yeah uh and through that lens this is just uh, eh. but i really hope as a developer that this becomes a snowball that is rolling down the hill and really has the power like previous apple products to just get the ball rolling and rolling and then everyone else just follows along right yeah yeah. Just previously, our last version of the iPhone uh, doesn't have the audio jack, right? So now all of a sudden, everyone uses it. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, I might have sounded like an Apple fanboy throughout this episode. I'm not. Um, more. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm just really, really excited <laughs> about the technology, to be honest. And, yeah. Uh, I just uh, I've got I a question for you. Yeah. Uh you're talking about going back to the x86 platform or production set of an x86 uh architecture. In terms of 64 bits versus 32 bits, there was this huge battle between them in uh when they when basically everything switched over to the 64 bits x64 mm. Uh, yeah i mean we right. switched i know i switched officially like in 2008 or something it was pretty late yeah, okay. anyway but, yeah um so going back to the x86 version 32 bits instruction or do you have the 64 bits instruction on the x86 you don't right the 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 new m1 chip doesn't really add to the the instruction set in terms of 64 bit versus 32 bits no no i mean they can they can address they can address um uh, 
64 um, bit memory addresses. So, um, yeah, okay. there's, there's nothing, there's nothing so still, there. So it's, yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's not going back to the 32 bit versions. It's still just no, using the, no. the X60, uh, X86, uh, instructions. Well, it's, it's, uh, exactly. Oh, you're thinking about this compatibility with Rosetta and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's one. That's one. Yeah, no, no, no. They're they're not doing that. No, no. There's no. Uh, so they 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 since since they do support from like I mean they they have eight gigs in their um in their um base versions and all all eight gigs are addressable even if you're running this Rosetta compatibility thing. So they're not. Yeah, okay. So they're not, not really making any stupid things like that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. 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 Um. So that's that's uh pretty good. But um, yeah, you know, uh, for me, uh, from from a technology standpoint, I, I think this is awesome. Um, okay, I see we're over time. We've talked about this, um, uh, and now actually, you know, I forgot from last week that we didn't record our episode on on Twitch. So now we actually recorded it, and we can share it for uh, on our Instagram and Twitter, so people can watch it if they want to watch it instead of. Uh, uh, yeah, I forgot. There's uh, you have to explicitly enable that in your profile in Twitch. Uh, I was kind of confounded by the fact that it it didn't show up our previous episode, our first one. Uh, I thought it was kind of weird, uh, and I was just thinking that maybe it's Twitch that is slow or something like that. Uh, but it never showed up, and then I I checked the the profile settings, and you have to explicitly choose to store videos. So yeah. Oh man! So the tutorial video did really. Yeah, sadly we lost the <laughs> tutorial video. Yeah, it was a really cool episode. Which is a tutorial to us to check things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure everything is correct in the first episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, thanks for listening today. And uh, it was really cool. Uh, and it's really fun to do these uh, live sessions as well. I think so, so too. Yeah. You're welcome to join us every Tuesday. Yeah, definitely. And um, we'll, we'll post it on Instagram as well beforehand. So people actually know yeah. and get a chance to, to see that. Well, okay. Thank you very much, Josie, for the talk. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.